Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. So, uh, I'm TJ Mercer. I'm known as the walking exclamation point, the world's greatest hugger, and uh, the chief noisemaker of Media Mavericks Academy, which means I teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves in the media uh, without a publicist and without being a celebrity. However, for this season, hi, LaShenda, for this season, I have been called to be your Moses of sorts because God specifically sent me to get you, Dolly, out of the Egypt of whatever you're in the Egypt of and awaken you to the Peter within. So several of you who have been here every day, uh, Yvette said your, her link is not work. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. That's on me. That's on me. Stand by. Uh, that's on me. That's totally on me. Um, everybody, if you're trying to get in, it's my fault. It's my fault. Hold on. I forgot to um I forgot to set reset the link with today's link. So um you can either refresh Yvette, you can either refresh or um I just put well, let me see. Hold on. I'm sorry guys. It has been that kind of day, yes. <laughs> so uh, Yvette, I just uh, sent the raw link to you in your uh, Facebook inbox. My bad, that's my fault. I forgot to update the our regular branded link with today's StreamYard link. So, uh, but yeah, that's what we've been doing. And so last night I took you on a guided tour for you to find your own nuggets and 
It's kind of like, that's what we're going to do tonight. And I believe tonight is the last night that we are going to be in pre-crucifixion. We're going to move to post-crucifixion. And it's been an interesting, interesting journey. And so tonight we're really just going to spend time tracking the training. And we've spent the entire month of, we've spent the entire month of August studying Peter and really dissecting his evolution. And what was fascinating today as I was doing more digging on Peter, they were talking about the first century fishermen and what kind of people they were. They were rugged. Hey, Miss Mary, they were rugged people. They were vulgar people. Remember early on in our in our journey, I said um, that, you know, if Peter was the dude that would cut off somebody's ear, Peter's the dude that would cuss you out. And so today in my research, they were unkempt. They were uneducated. Typically, they spent days and days at sea. They were harsh, brutal men. So like uh, Brutus of Popeye the Sailor Man or something came to, to mind when I was reading this. But they were not who you would think that the son of God would want to roll with. And we already have discussed that for Jesus to nickname them. It's not that he renamed them. He nicknamed James and John the sons of thunder. And remember when they were on the journey and they were going to go through Samaria, Samaria and uh, Samaria was like, no, Jesus, you can't come here. James and John were like, you want us to bring down fire on there? Because we got you. We can do that. You ain't said nothing but a word. We got you. So all of them, when you look at, they are not the typical dudes that... Jesus should have chosen. It's almost like, you know, when David was anointed, Samuel didn't believe that that's who God was choosing. And so to just really kind of watch Peter's evolution to where I know he turns out and he ends up being the most prolific apostle. He Jesus, when he first met him, and now that I'm studying what fisherman was like, you remember, well, we're going to cover that. Um, but it's kind of like, yo, Jesus, were you sure about this? You know, or uh, Peter, you know, right before you walked up, I heard him cussing out a dude. And you want him to represent you? So I, I'm loving that, you know, I want to spend tonight just watching the nuggets. Last night we spent figuring out or delving into what was the lessons that Jesus thought was so important that this is what he wanted to communicate on his last night with his boys. And you were able to find your own nuggets. And so in preparation for our last spill the tea session on Saturday, I really want to hear from you because that's our last one. Hi, Jamila. And I want to hear from people that I haven't seen. I want to hear from Miss Mary. I want to hear from Elsie. I want to hear from Jamila. I want to hear from people who 
have been quiet because I know this week was heavy. And we spent, we, we painstakingly walked through last night situations of what was Jesus speaking to you? If, the, if you pulled up and took a seat, what would he be talking to you about? So I want to see you, Dana. I want to see you, Miss Marilyn, for our last spill the tea. And if anybody else wants to come in and share in the reading, because uh, Jamila, you may want to tell Dana we're going to travel tonight. Miss Mary, you may want to tell Dolly we're going to travel tonight. And Yvette and Audrey, y'all may want to tell each other we're going to travel tonight. Um, we're going to walk it down. And we're going to see, we're going to make sure we've milked every single nugget that God wants us to have grabbed out of watching Peter's training. And so we can see how it applies to us. All right. So let's eat. Let's eat. Uh, Yvette, I'm going to let you, well, I'm going to bring both you and Audrey on because I'm maybe talking to both of you in and out. And if you don't know, this is, uh, if I hadn't said it, um, this is going to be a um, kind of discussion. I didn't tell y'all that because, you know, I just didn't want to tell you that. This is 5G. Hold on. Welcome back. Okay. Um, but yeah, pretty much. It, it may be a discussion of, because I'm not sure if I got all the nuggets. Um, last says, I got my messages towards the end. It hit me hard and I rejoice, 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 rejoice. Miss Marilyn said, let's eat, let's travel. Miss Marilyn, you must not be tired today. Last night you were drained, you said. Um, all right, so uh, Yvette, I'll let you take the first round. So let's go to John 1, 4041. Uh, hold on, let me get there. Oops, I'm in the wrong translation. All right, I'm ready when you are. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the, these men who heard that John said and then followed Jesus. Now, is this your churchified voice or what, what voice is oh. this? Oh, yeah, we're going to. Somebody, did somebody get you the other night saying you read so churchified? So is this. Is this your churchified voice or is what voice you supposed to be reading in? Wait, you uh wait, you did you mute yourself? I can't hear you now. No, it's, okay, wait. it was yeah. There you go. No, this we're gonna be a little bit more expressive today. Okay, all right. So let's start over there. Let's let's start all fresh. Right. Okay, all right. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. All the right. Next day. Uh, but that's it. That's all I need right there. That's it. So lesson for me there is you get your identity from Jesus. 
And that's where I was thinking, like when it said Jesus was looking intently at Simon, in, 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 in retrospect of knowing what kind of dude Simon really was and how vulgar and he just finished cussing somebody out. I wonder if Jesus was standing there praying, looking at him, standing there praying like, God, are you sure to know who you chose? Are you, are you positive? This dude, you want me to change all of this? You're, you're saying that this dude is who I'm supposed to build my church on? This is who you want me to leave my legacy in the hands of? This dude. He grimy, he unkempt, he doesn't speak proper Hebrew, he doesn't know Greek. So I'm going, I'm just going to wait for you to make sure you downloaded the right name. Is there another sign? Hey, is there another Simon around here? But when Jesus got the okay, the lesson for us, and these are lessons that I want I want you to see that Simon is probably picking up on. So these are these are things not that Jesus said. My my list is not based on things that Jesus said or that he taught in his sermons, but rather Peter getting to observe what he did. True, Jesus, you know, word is bond and he said what he said, he mean what he said, you know, get that. But we all know that we pay attention to what people do. What's that um, uh, That quote from Maya Angelou? We may forget what people did, but uh, we don't forget how they made us feel. I want us to look at this really of the things that Jesus didn't teach directly, Peter observed. And lessons he's going to take away for his next level. Because remember, Jesus' legacy is in Peter's hands. And so the first thing is, okay, I need to make sure I'm always getting my identity from Jesus. I can't get my identity from who I am now. Jesus was speaking to where he knew Simon was going. So I, I can't be so focused on TJ, the TV editor. Jesus is saying, no, you're TJ, the author. No, you're TJ, the chief noisemaker. No, you're TJ, the world's greatest hugger. And that's your ministry. Don't get so caught up in who you identify yourself as. What does Jesus call you? And remember, we covered that. I forget what day it was, but we covered that. What does Jesus call you? All right, Yvette, Luke 5, 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. So one thing I want you to notice, and, and, and again, I didn't do a lot of prep for this. God just, God just didn't let me. So it's, it's stuff that I'm seeing in the moment. Peter's observing how the crowds, the crowds are hungry for Jesus's words because Jesus is speaking truth. Keep going. 
He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as they as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Audrey, you see any lessons in there for you? Um, when I doubt, if he says it, then I should obey immediately, <laughs> regardless of what my intellect is telling me. Lesson number two, trust Jesus's instructions. That but if you say so changes the game. And that's where we taught. Remember, we taught um, don't let God don't let your expertise trump God's exception. And that what we taught that. Yes. Peter would have missed out. Had he been like, yo, dude, first of all, who the heck are you to tell me you some little carpenter and you say you're the Messiah? But listen, I've been rocking on this sea for 20 some years. I know this sea like the back of my hands. We already did that. Think if Peter had done that. What would this have looked like? All right, Yvette, uh, Mark 1, 29-31. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's <coughs> mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her as she and she prepared a meal for them. Yvette, Audrey, you got any lessons in there? It shows how much he cared. And I think by that time they realized that, you know what, we can trust him because he loves us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lesson number three. Jesus cares about what and who is important to you. He cares. 
So now that y'all see the rhythm, if there's anybody else that wants to come in and be a part of the discussion, because I'm not really teaching, I'm just guiding. I'm guiding you to your own discoveries. Because remember I said at the beginning of this, this is a dialogue. I ain't in this by myself. So I want to hear from you. And, you know, for the most part, I don't think we're going to hit anything new. We're going to just keep revisiting so that you can remember and have your own list mm. of the lessons that we covered. And then I like the way Audrey's mind works. She makes connections in weird places that I wasn't even planning. So I, I wanted her here so that she can she can share her connections that she's making that I wasn't even making a connection to. And so if that's you, don't be shy. I don't care that you got a bonnet on. Come on and be a part of the discussion. This is the part I've flown. Mm, okay. I have flown this plane. Now I'm looking behind and saying, who got the wheel? Who know how to open up the wing flaps? Who know how to deploy the landing gear? And especially for somebody who's been with me since day one on this, you got something to contribute to the conversation. So Audrey, if you can, will you hit that link for me again? In the chat? Because I, I wanna see some more people here. The sharing their insight of some of the things that we've hit. Um, okay, where were we? Uh, for uh, Mark, wait, oops, hold on. See, this is why I wrote it down on another piece of paper. So that may not be right. So hold on. No, that should be Mark 5, 21 through 43. My bad, Yvette. So Mark 5, 21 through 43. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had not gotten any better or she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Mm. Immediately, the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, 
look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith mm -hmm. has made you well. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Keep going. Go in peace. Go your, how? In peace. Mm. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The child, the crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. Uh, wait, hold up. Read that again. The crowd laughed at him. What the crowd do? Laughed at him. What, what? So the crowd laughed. So in essence, they didn't believe him. So what did he do? He made them all leave. You got to go. You, you got to go. And this wasn't one of the, the lessons that, that I wrote down, but it's like he's, Peter's observing that there, there are times where you can't deal with the naysayers. Hmm. Oh, yes, it is on my list. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I, I did write it down. Keep going. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha, Koan, which means little girl, get up. Get up! I told you you were just sleeping. Keep going. And the little girl and the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. What you got, Audrey? I mean, this is layered. There's so much. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that, that I got tonight that I hadn't gotten before was the, I, the, thing, the idea of faith, right? So Jesus is in a crowd of people and this woman came she was the only one that had faith, right? And the thing that caught me was she didn't come with the, oh, well, I got nothing left to lose. It was, I'm going to press in because I have faith to believe that all I have to do is just get that little bit of the edge and I'm whole, mm -hmm. right? And so then he- I ain't even got to have a whole Jesus. I ain't even got I know, to have right? a Jesus. Just, just, just the robe. And some translations did say, I just, I ain't got to touch the robe. I'm going to just touch the dirty part that's dragging in the dirt. Yep, yep, yep. The hem of the garment. 
Yep, because they have the tassels that hang from their tunics, right? So that's all she wanted to grab. So it's like, if you have that much face, and for me, because I, there are times that I approach things well from the not having as opposed to having, right? So she used her little bit of faith to say, I'm going to get this healing and it doesn't, I don't need much of him. But in the midst of all that, there's all these people. So he's talking about like, there's a lot of unbelief around him. Mm -hmm. Because the only thing, like all these people touching him, but only one caught his attention. And he felt it. And he felt it. He felt it. There was something about her faith. Yep. He and knew so that, becomes, that was a different power that left him. Exactly. Right. So then you, you take that. And then from there, he only takes his select little group to Jairus's house and then kicks everybody to the curb because you can only have that level of faith to be able to raise things from the dead. Jesus was always mentoring. Always. Always. He invited them. He discipled them yeah. into places only they went. And so my lesson was Jesus heals top dogs and the nameless. Jairus was a top dog. He was not, a, Jesus was not a respecter of the titles. He was a respecter of the faith. The posture of your heart. Exactly. As opposed to your position. And then Jesus blocked out the naysayers. I ain't got time for this. Sometimes it was like, you know what? I'm just going to show y'all. But you know, something about this. Eh, yeah, you know what? I don't know if it was Jairus because it didn't say anything about Jairus's faith. It just said he pleaded. Can you come lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live? Because remember, he was in the temple. He was a top dog in the, in the synagogue. We know that the woman with the issue of blood ended up being healed because of her faith. And so he's like, okay, I don't know if, first of all, I'm sick of y'all. It's too much commotion. I, I already said what I said. She sleep. Okay. She sleep. That's it. And y'all, all of this, I, I, it's too much chatter. You know, and you think about it, Jesus was always started when he was pressed. So it's, sometimes it's like, you know, it's too much. It's too much noise. It's too much. I need to shut this thing down. And I need to just have my inner circle and the parents. And then he tell them, He ended up telling him, don't tell nobody. Now, Jesus, why you going to set folks up like that? You you would just save this girl from dying. I got to sit on this? So Peter is observing that Jesus always has a, a method to his madness. There's a reason Jesus gets down the way he gets down. Hey, Deborah. There's a reason he gets, he gets down the way he gets down. All right, Audrey, you up. Let's go to Mark 5. Oh, we've already read 37 through 43. We did that one. Okay, we did that. How about Matthew 14 through 22? 14, 22. Sorry, my bad. Okay. All right. Immediately after this, 
Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in, trou in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Do not be, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And then scoot over before we talk about the lesson, scoot over to John 6, 18 through 21. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid, I'm here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat and immediately they arrived at their destination. When, when did they arrive? Immediately. When, how fast? Immediately. Okay, so they were three to four miles out before Jesus got to them. Yep. But then they immediately arrived at their destination. So, All right, Deborah, what you got? That sometimes we we look at the storm like we're 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 at the destination. Mm -hmm. And we're right there and we think just because it, we got so much going on, um the light bill need to be paid, the rent need to be paid. And it's due in five, the turnoff notice is like five days. And we just, we doing everything, concentrating on everything, but concentrating on God to open up the door to set us free. Because as soon as we stop worrying about it and just go ahead and get, make it through the storm, Jesus is right there to just, it just changes. And then you wonder like, where this check come from? How do you know I need to buy, pay this bill? I, I didn't know I need, I didn't know I left that in that account. You know, you know how that, that mysterious money show up, that mysterious help show up. And it doesn't even always have to be money. Sometimes it's even when the phone rings, when you're going through and somebody said, oh, you know what? You just popped in my spirit and I needed to call you and I needed to talk to you. Because so many times we, I think we get, we start looking at the natural and not the spiritual of the situation. Because mm -hmm. asking for help is not always something physical it can always it can also be something spiritual something that you need uh so to feel that mental capacity that we're all in in need of because right now you got a lot of people that got a lot of money that's going cuckoo for cocoa puffs and right. if somebody just to say hey what's up then that would be their answer to their mm -hmm. so it's almost to the point we don't know what your help is and what you're sinking from and what why you ask jesus to walk out because you could have asked jesus to walk out just to go across the street. 
<laughs> so what I got, my lesson there was imitate Jesus. Jesus showed Peter what was possible. And we, we've broken, I think I spent three days, didn't I spend three days on this walking on water? Mm-hmm. But it all started with Peter seeing what was possible. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things that came out of me studying that was when we talked about, he looked at his familiar environment through a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Peter was used to fishing. Mm-hmm. He never considered he was capable of walking on the water. And so as he's going on with his ministry, I want us to start seeing places where we literally see Peter imitating mm-hmm. Jesus because Jesus gave the example of what was possible. So when you're going into your assignments, keep your eyes focused on Jesus and imitating him. You can't go wrong imitating Jesus. Amazing. Did you have something? I saw, were you waving your hand? No, no, I was, you know, as, as you were talking and as I was thinking about it, when we flipped over, when, Jesus told Peter to come. He he talked to God and asked, but once Jesus said come, he didn't say anything else till he got in trouble. And when they were mm-hmm. in the boat and got scared, they didn't say anything to Jesus till they got scared. Mm-hmm. But what would have happened if he would have been talking to him as he walked? What would have happened if they had told told them and talked to him about being in the boat? before the winds and the waves or while they were going, instead of just waiting until yeah. we, we get Jesus tell us to do something. We, we start doing it and don't say a word in the interim until something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. They didn't see him. Remember they didn't know who he was. They got scared. So it's like, also, I mean, piggybacking on what you're saying is that we can be in it. And Jesus was with us when we got the vision, we rocking and rolling. But while we rocking and rolling, we don't kick Jesus out the boat. Exactly. We have forgot he he well, he's always yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So now now we now he coming towards us, and we trying to figure out now why is he coming towards us? Mm-hmm. And we left him. We thought we left him where we got the reception. <laughs> so, this joker. So that, you we got too because at the beginning God said do this. So you're thinking God just stayed where he told right, you. Right, right, right. So you're rocking and rolling and you like, whoa, Kimo Sabi, what's coming towards me? Right, right. We know, <laughs> I, know I left you. Ninja, I know I left you over there oh, and you were p- passing uh, over yonder. Now all of a sudden you, you and you're walking on water? <laughs> like, yo, I love what Melissa says. Melissa says he asked him for something that only Jesus could deliver. That's good, Melissa. Mm-hmm. And nobody else know how to walk on water. So the lesson, I like that, Melissa, because the lesson is there's certain things that God is going to have you do and can't nobody tell you how to do it. Because it ain't been done before. 
So you got to stay close to him and let him show you. You're going to have a playbook, but not the playbook. Because playbook. they knew how to operate the boat. Right. But they didn't know what Jesus' playbook was. Yep. Matthew 16, 13 through 20, Audrey. I was being smart and I'm like, oh, I'm already there. All right. <laughs> like when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which, which means rock. rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. I will build my church. And all no the powers what of you look like. It ain't changing. Your identity that I gave you has not changed about everything else that you have done. Yep. Keep going. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Jesus, you always telling people don't tell. Like, I'm a snack. I ain't going to keep it to myself. All right, what you got, Yvette? Again, it's... He, he gives us our identity. And, and no matter what we do, no matter what we do, because he gave us our identity... But that doesn't mean that we still don't have some of those personality traits. Mm -hmm. But no matter what we do, he is going to be there to protect us and not let the enemy take us out. So for me, I got no Jesus for yourself mm -hmm. and listen for your assignment. He told him. Remember, Peter didn't have his assignment yet at, uh, before this. He had his name. Then remember I told you, I'm like, um, so I'm wondering if he'd been asking all the other people who speak Greek. So Peter, what's up with that? Um, what does that mean? Do y'all know what it means? And they're like, yeah, it means the rock. Okay, so I'm a fisherman and whatnot. Um, I'm going to be fisherman, but I'm a fisherman. Like, you know, I cuss at people. I'm quick tempered. So what do you mean? I'm a I'm a rock. Okay, so he, it means I'm so loyal. It it means that I he know he can trust me and I'm gonna hold it down. And now Jesus comes like, no, no, no. I got bigger plans for you. My church is gonna be built off of your shoulders. My church is gonna build be built off of your faith. My church is gonna be built off of your persistence. My church is gonna be built off of your consistency. I know you can't see it right now, Peter, but I see what you can't see. 
Yo, you are bad. Shut your mouth. You will be so bad that the powers of hell can't conquer what I'm going to give you the power to do. But Peter had to be in tune and listening for his assignment. And he had to know like he knew that he knew who Jesus really was. John 6. Could I add before we move to the next scripture? Yep. So the other thing, because you were talking about, we need to be looking at this in the context of Peter's training. Uh-huh. Right? Uh -huh. So Peter, so Jesus asked the question and all the disciples just kind of started listing stuff off. But Jesus stayed quiet until he recognized that someone fought before they responded. Mm. To understand where they're really getting their answers from. Yeah. Right? So you think about a leader of any type, right? You want to make sure that people are getting getting what you're what you're dishing out, but also to be that type of leader that's like, okay, there's the potential, and now he can step into what he has because he is he is being molded, he is being directed, and he's being thoughtful in his responses. He just didn't come off the cuff. And not that Peter couldn't come off the cuff, because you know we've seen that before, but I think in the training, right, for Peter to be a leader is to pay attention to the people he is leading. Ah, that's good. And make sure he's listening to God. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. One question. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time I ever paid attention to this. Yeah. So it says that Peter was the son of Jonah. So are we in connection? So is he a lineage? No. Um, this is another Jonah. No, no, this is another Jonah. Pull out my thesaurus. No, no, no. That's a good question. That's definitely a valid question. No, this is another Jonah. Okay. Yeah. But it's also a translation because sometimes it'll say Jonas and say John. So depending on your translation. Right. And that's what I was looking at because I'm like, wait, I'm um, got the ESV and the okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, all we know, I you know, I, let me let me amend my answer. Um I didn't do the 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 biography of it. For all I know, he could be. I just know that in this instance, it's not connected to the tracking it's just that's his daddy name right and the reason why i was saying that is because of the connection of the fish the connection of the sea the mm -hmm. connection of having to travel and go places i was making that parallel because maybe him knowing that it was the messiah he's already been taught about it as well and now it's being revealed to him in this instance being being who he was he definitely would have been he would have known about it yeah they've been looking for the messiah that's why they they latched on to john because right. they had been waiting for the messiah but in their mind the messiah was to become an established an earthly kingdom and get them under the get them from with what am i trying to say with what am i trying to say the rule of the romans you know what i'm saying it's like he, he was thinking that jesus was coming to just establish an earthly kingdom. Right. And he so he was essentially putting Jesus in a box. Um, all right, so John 6, 22 through 42. Okay. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore 
saw that the disciples had taken the only boat and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people that had, had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform, perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Dude, don't make it complicated. I keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't be worried about all the other words. Can you just believe in me first? Can, can you just walk with me first? Right, right. Keep going. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. <gasps> what can you do? I'm like, this is tiresome. Like, Jeez, really? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. I like this. I like the Jesus come back here. Keep going. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. Y'all don't it get it twisted. Y'all giving Moses credit? No. That, that was all my daddy. That was right. all my daddy. That's right. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Ah, uh, so you now you want it. Okay, okay, okay. Keep going. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all of those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my father's will that all who see his son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at that last day. Now he had broke it down to the nth degree. And now what happened? Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? Now, Jesus had broken all, I mean, to the nth degree. And they like, aren't you, aren't you Mary's boy? I remember when you used to eat your boogers. And now you're going to be talking about you the bread. I have like, wait, what? Dude, miss me with the madness. Like, yeah. You Joseph, well, I remember when you had to go to the hospital because he was trying to show you how to nail 
a, a hammer, a nail properly, and you almost tore off your whole thumb. And you're going to say you the bread of life and we got to follow you? Sometimes those closest to you will discount and abandon you. You can't be focused on getting validation. As much as I love my mother and I respect her and I want her to ride with me, but on my assignments, she get an opinion. She doesn't get a vote. Right. And mom, I said it with all due respect, okay? I, mean, I just, with all due respect, mom. Oh, all due respect. But, but I can't even stop laughing at me, Audrey, because um, you know my mama. My mama got them ninja hands; like she will pop the hell out of you so quickly. And sh I've seen my mother pop the hell out of me, and her hands didn't even leave the steering wheel. They were popped in my mouth and back on the steering wheel before I realized what had happened. And I'm looking at did something fly in the window to hit me in my mouth? <laughs> so um, I gotta I gotta be real careful about one of the Miss Thang Thang. So. so but at the end of the day, nobody's opinion gives gets a vote. This ain't a democracy. This is a dictatorship between what God tells me to do. Mm -hmm. And they and and you know, fortunately, I have a mother who has never gotten in the way of what I've told her God told me to do. She has written with me on some of the craziest adventures. But at the end of the day. I gotta, I gotta walk away from my fam if they gon' or what I've learned to do is I just put my fam in the box. Like this, this ain't who they rocking with right now. They 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 love me, but they're not a part of this. This is a whole other conversation. This is a whole different TJ. But the good thing about it is when I need to come out of being Bible storyteller, I'm just Wanda's kid, right? I'm LaRonda's bubblehead. I'm I'm T two and Sir Grayson's TT. They don't they don't care nothing about the about your little Bible storytelling. You got to go like we ain't care nothing about that. Can, uh, Tony, I told you to take the trash out. But sometimes you're going to have that family that's just like, yo, I ain't listening to nothing you saying because I remember when you weren't the Bible storyteller. Dolly says, those closest to you sometimes will never let you forget what you used to be, let alone let you genuinely be who you truly are. My mother, <laughs> my mother's saying, I love you. Thanks. Thanks, mom. Let me know I'm, I'm not in trouble. <laughs> But at the end of the day, they're going to they're going to hold on to who they just can't see it. You know, sometimes my Nijas is I don't know if Nijas is here tonight. It's like who they knew growing up. Rabbit. That's the, that's the other side of Nijas. When I can tell who knows me from where, because Nijas calls me rabbit. And so that's a nickname that my my father gave me. And so like this is their rabbit. Over here, like teaching God's word like this? No. 
But you know, the fascinating thing about this passage is that everything was cool because they were asking for whatever, but the moment he, they didn't, he didn't give them the answer they want and the things that they wanted, it's like, oh, and who you think you are? You better uh -huh. than us, right? True, you oh. said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, no, this is, this is the reality. Like, and that happens a lot with people who are familiar with you, right? Like, yeah, you, I'm doing this, I'm going here. This boy, then show me some, do a miracle. Turn, right. turn that water into wine again. I heard you did that at that wedding the other day. Let me see it myself. Right, that, right, that's exactly. That's familiar. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, where were we? Uh, have we done? Okay, what was that? That was John 6, 22 through 42? Mm -hmm. Okay. Deborah, take Mark 8, 31 through 33. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He gotta be killed. He's telling this to them. I gotta die, y'all. Keep going. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter looked, He's looked like he, he wasn't even mentioning words. He used he didn't say, you know, I am going to go off and be kidnapped. He was like, no, they're going to kill me. Go ahead. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Oh. <laughs> like, yo, Peter, come on. You get beside yourself, dude. Go on. But when Jesus turned and looked at, looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get, be, get behind me, Satan, and said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You are saying things just from the human point of view. So my lesson out of that, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. Like Peter, we know this, came, this part of the conversation we've already established when I taught it the first time, came on the heels of Peter, you know, Jesus telling Peter, uh, on this rock of a bill, my church. Uh, so Peter and got cocky, got beside himself. Like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start that now. Then, why you here? I'm, I'm gonna pull your coattail and tell where you're doing wrong. But then, with the night I taught it, if y'all remember, I also presented a an alternative scenario. Remember where I talked about. Jesus has told them, I think this is probably like the second or third time, and we've already walked down what a crucifixion is. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And so Jesus is telling them, you know how you be talking, you telling people about something and you start hearing what you're saying and it's just like, yo, I'm really about to die. So I'm wondering, and we've seen enough cases in Jesus' humanity, he said some things, so he automatically assumed that it was Satan and it could have been just Peter was hurt and he couldn't believe and he was on in his own denial. And so this could be a miscommunication. I ain't saying that's the truth. I'm just saying that's the, the alternative way it played out in my head of stacking it all together. God gives me that freedom of my imagination to ask questions. He okay with that. And may I add? Yeah. Um, also, because he pulled him to the side, Sometimes 
things that are done in secret, we have to rebuke openly. Yeah. Because that way you don't keep things. How can I say? You got your proof per se. Right. And here's what I know. We don't see another time where Peter pulls this. Exactly. We, we don't see another. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I trust God to put the things that's really important in, in here. And we don't see not near time after this that Peter pulls that. Peter got some get right for the rest of the time he had Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, Melissa said, <laughs> he said, you ain't too big for me to take you across my knee. He gave Peter the talk. Dolly says, my lesson is be careful what someone else is wanting to speak. Oh, this is good, Dolly. Be careful or, uh, okay, wait. Be careful what someone else is wanting to speak or impart on your life. I can't allow that kind of thinking or words into my spirit. Elsie mm -hmm. says, Peter was smelling himself. Um, Marilyn says, I'm here. Like Mary, I'm sitting at Jesus' feet, taking it all in, realize that I'm so far away from where I need to be. Teach, teacher. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, just like, oh, Peter, um, hold on. You still, you still got some training to do. Mm -hmm. We're we not done. You, you still got some stuff I got to impart into you. Uh, let's see. Where are we? What was that? Mark, what was that? Mark. Eight. Okay. So now we're going to go to 34 through 38. So before we move on, can I just add something real quick? Because uh -huh. the thing that caught me, like, really stuck out to me is he was talking to his disciples as a group. Yep. And then Peter took him to the side and then he, before he reprimanded Peter, he turned around and looked at all the group again. <laughs> yep. So like, now nah, I need you to pay attention because I'm about to do this. So, so this is the example. So like <laughs> make sure you like in line, right? Teaching the moment. This ain't just for Peter. Like, all y'all start feeling froggy and think you're gonna leave <laughs> right let me right. let me just put that out there let, before all y'all feel froggy let me just nip this in the bud okay keep going uh 34 through 38 then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet for forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angels. So my lesson out of that was hooked into what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Mm -hmm. My lesson from that is keep your priorities straight. Most he showed Peter, keep the main thing, the main thing. He was showing Peter in the midst of everything that's going on, don't lose sight on the entrappings of the popularity. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Cause what you don't want to happen is you get to the end of this and you've gained the whole world and your soul ain't nowhere to be found. Is anything worth more than your soul? 
Keep the main thing. The main thing. Uh, and then, where are we? Uh, Mark 9, 2 through 3. After six days, Jesus took Peter, Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white. Then, I'm sorry, white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Like they were so white, they were chlor. They Clorox don't even even get down on how white Jesus was. What I, I took away from that is, and we've talked about it, it's Peter, James, and John. And remember when I first taught it, I taught it from the perspective of friendship that is coming from a place of Peter, I mean, not Peter, Jesus may have known, Peter may have known he got out of pocket, but Jesus, no, that was, that was a low blow to call you Satan. So I'm going to redeem you because it says six days later. So I'm going to take you to, to experience something that nobody else can experience but my crew. So I'm going to take you and I'm, I'm going to show you what this really is. You always have this memory. My, my, my 12, y'all have all kinds of memories, but... These three, y'all got intimate memories with me. And this is my way of maybe saying, I'm, I'm sorry for calling you Satan, dude. My bad. I, I'm At that moment, you, you heard my humanity because you know that this thing I got to do with this crucifix, that, that's, a whole, that's a whole other ball game. And so I'm, tr I'm trying to make sure I don't lose my nerve, I'm trying to make sure. And so here you come telling me don't do it. And it's like, no, 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 don't. I, you can't sidetrack me. So I, I may have gone nuclear on you, Peter. And so let me let me just show you something that you're gonna remember for the rest of your life. You're gonna be telling your children's children about this. And 2000 years from now, people gonna know how dope I thought you were because it's gonna go in the record and there's a group of people that's going to get together for the month of August Come and they're going to see what friendship looks like. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's kind of what I got out of it as well, that in the midst of, yeah, we, we had a disagreement and I had to mm -hmm. get with you, but, but when I needed to go through a, a change when I needed to be transformed, when when I was going through something, I, I I still wanted, I didn't want all my good friends. I wanted those who weren't they weren't gonna laugh, they weren't gonna doubt, they weren't gonna hate, they 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 were just gonna be there for me while I went through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which tells me don't run you, well, you need a crew. You need a crew. Yeah. Jesus' comfort was in his crew. 
He got to experience that and now they get to tell people, I saw Elijah and Moses. You know how long they've been dead? And I see them. They're going to say, I see, I see, not I saw, I see him. Mm -hmm. And that's something, TJ, that you, even from that first week, when you were telling us, you had us put some of the things that we needed and wanted in the chat mm. and, and had us connect with each other. And I can't, I can't speak for anybody, but um, at that time, Deborah and I do know each other, but Deborah wasn't in that, that week on, mm. on Facebook. And so I didn't know anybody mm. and, yeah. and, and ended up reaching out to um, Dr. Krishna and, and, and she helped me, you know, and so, you know, we had to come out of our comfort zone or I had to at least come out of my comfort zone. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. Melissa says, if Jesus isn't too big to apologize, why are we? Mm -hmm. But I, I want to be responsible. I, you know, I'm not, you may have some Bible scholars and theologians that will be like, T, uh-uh, that ain't what it says in the Hebrew and the Greek. I'm just telling you what the things that God shows me when I, I see it. It's just as an alternative, but I want to be respectful to the word. Um, last one on this one, uh, I think uh, Luke 22, 31 through 34. Hey, my lamb. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of, all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back strength from your brothers, but he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me, deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked. Okay, that's it. So for there, for there, <laughs> this is the first thing that came, came to mind. Don't write a check your butt can't cash. Mm -hmm. Don't write a check your butt can't cash. Peter, he, he's not knowing the full, the full commitment that he's making. And we talked about the other day though, that it could be a situation of also Jesus protecting Peter. Mm -hmm. and not letting him prematurely get taken out because during the Roman empire, any insurrectionists, they whole crew yeah, was we'll taken out. And so it could have been another situation of God just using Peter's humanity for his whole purpose. And then 2000 and something years later, we get to see what redemption looks like. So when Peter is picking up the mantle, he know he needs a crew, but he also know he needs to be mindful of his words. Count the cost. Be clear on what you actually are committing to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last set is this the last set of scriptures. Um, Yvette, you want to take one? 
Audrey, take one. Deborah, take one. And then I'll take the last one. So Yvette, you're going to take 14, 32, Mark 14, 32 through 34? Yes. <clears throat> they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him and became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Audrey, what you got? You know, I, there's a level of depth of relationship with these three mm -hmm. that it's, he, they've been rocking and rolling with all the beautiful things and even watching Peter get reprimanded, but it's like, I really, I am very sorrowful, right? So it's like, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed. I can't get out of bed. So I, I need y'all to come to, to the house to help me get out of bed. Right? I need you to, to be with me in my depth. I saw Jesus showing Peter how to be vulnerable and needy. And we've said it several times through this month, culture has made it make needy be such a bad word. And yet we've watched Jesus model that with his boys. You can't be needy with everybody, right. but with his boys, he showed Peter, remember this is Peter's training. He's showing Peter what it means to be vulnerable and telling the people that you're closest to who you trust I'm having a hard time with this. I know I got to do it, but whoo, Lord, this hurts. This sucks. But he's also showing Peter where to go when you even feel this way. Because right after this, he goes off to pray. And so Peter sees who he runs to. They can't, he knows Peter, James, John, they know they can't do nothing about what Jesus is feeling. They can just only be there for, for presence of comfort. But Peter got to see when your friends can't do nothing about your situation, who you going to run to? He modeled that in front of them. He ran straight to his God. Um, where are we John 18 48 is that you who's that who's reading that John 18 4 through 8 who's that who just read I just read Audrey's green okay so Audrey okay 18 okay we're on 18 Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? He asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas who betrayed him was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more, he asked them, who are you looking for? 
And again, they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said. And since I am the one you want, let these others go. What you got, Deborah? I have John 18, 10 through 11. No, 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 no. What you get out of that? Oh, what I got. Oh, sorry, y'all. <laughs> you know, it was like, I'm who you want, but this, I'm, I'm, I'm the guilty one. I'm the one. He's taking all the blame and saying, you know, don't put them in this because of me. They're here because of me. And so let them go. I know what God, I know what my father has told me to do and I'm doing it. They just here for lack of, they just here for the ride. They just here to keep me company while I fulfill destiny. And so that's, that's what I got out of that. That we just have to be ready. Out the gate, verse four is what did me in. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him. It, it had, he had accepted his position. So he stepped forward. They didn't have to come get him. Right. He stepped forward. And then when he tells them, since I'm the one you want, let them go. That's, Peter got to see Jesus take full responsibility for his assignment and his people. And, and I think, you know, again, knowing Peter and remember James and John, the sons of thunder, yep. they, the, between the three, who knows what would have happened if he hadn't stepped forward? Yep. Jesus know his people. <laughs> he know. Y'all know we all got that. At least I do. I got that crazy friend. Like, don't tell them. I'm not mm -hmm. telling them that they're going to be doing a drive by. We already we know what Peter did. So can you imagine the sons of thunder and Peter? Jesus like, hold up, wait. Can't you just see? Can, you see Pete, Jesus' hand go out. Hold up, wait. Uh -uh. No, no, no. I'm, I'm who you want. Settle down. I'm, I'm who you want. Before this pop off and go left. And then this is the age before social media, so they still Jesus didn't look like who they were looking for. Yep. And that's another thing. Sometimes you people miss you because you don't look like what they're looking for. Right. Because he had he had been transformed. He had been transformed. So they didn't they knew who would before the before the the white and all of that, they knew, you know, but now they didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Jesus is one dope dude. All right. Uh last one for Deborah. Okay. Was it? Uh, is that my John? Wait, yeah. Uh, hold on. I'm on the wrong one. Hold on. Uh, what are you, John? 18, 10 through 11. Okay. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword Peter, away. Peter, 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 I told you, told you, dude. Yo, you gotta get your, your anger in check. If you don't learn nothing else from me, Peter, put the sword away. Now I gotta heal the dude. I'm just trying to stay focused on the cross and now I gotta heal the dude so they don't be mad at you. So Peter, I need you to pick up that Jesus is teaching you to rein in and restrain your emotions. You can't be popping off, Peter. You gotta maintain some sense of 
Decorum. I'm trying to protect you. Think. I told you, you've been with me for three years. I told you this was going to happen. I spent a lot of time with you just last night telling you. And you forgot that quickly. Yeah, so it's inevitable, Peter. You you about to, you going to deny me because you don't forgot everything I told you. So you already, already and forgot half the stuff I already told you. And now I got to heal the man's ear. I'm the one that's got to die and I still got to be healing folks before I die because of you. All right, Audrey, you pick up, uh, what is that, Mark 12, 41 through 44. <clears throat> Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. All right, what y'all got? It's, For us not to get this. I'm sorry, go ahead, Yvette. I was just gonna say it's 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 not about the quantity, it's about your heart. Mm -hmm. So essentially, Peter watched Jesus take note of the value of genuine sacrifice in God's eyes. He, he note, notes, he gets to note that Jesus is paying attention to the quality of our heart, as y'all said. But would he also be paying attention to the the posture? Because you know how when some people give big money, they got, yeah, you know, the posture. And when somebody giving it. Everybody who got $1,000 get in this line. I hate that. It's All right, if you're sowing a seed of $500, get in this line. Uh-uh, to get your word. You got that part. Uh, <laughs> come on now. So here's here's the thing, right? Is like so so think about philanthropy, right? So what's her name? The ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, I forget her name, right? She like made this big donation. But if you look at her whole net worth, it's a minute fraction of what she could possibly give if she was wanting to really make change in a meaningful way, right? So but I think we have to be careful with that, Audrey, because I, I hear you, but I think we have to be careful of just because that's the only thing that we know about. Mm -hmm. We don't know that she has other charities that she's giving to. Right. But but what the reason that I say that is because that's being publicized, right? So right. So, so it's sort of the thing of we, you know, and, that, and that's kind of where I was going is that they do this and it's like, oh, but it's a fraction of whatever. It's like, yes, and this is the only thing she did publicly. And so yeah. when, when you're sitting, Jesus is sitting next to the collection plate, it's like what we do publicly, 
we can't make up the stories that just because the widow gave the two small coins, mm -hmm. but she gave everything, whereas everybody gave a tiny amount of the surplus. It wasn't even what they needed to live on. It was the extra. Right, right. I always, uh, when I hear stuff like this, I always go back to think that, y'all remember when Oprah was the last season of her show? Yep. And they they had those two days of shows in the Chicago arena, whatever mm -hmm. the airline, American Airlines arena, whatever that arena is. Right. And, you know, for years she had taken a hit about building a school in Africa. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, well, there's stuff happening here. Da -da 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 and because, you know, I know enough celebrities and I know how people get down in private. And then it's a cash 22. If they do something in public, people are going to be like, well, you just doing it because the cameras are rolling. Then they can say, well, you ain't doing nothing. And it's just like, okay, they can't win for losing. And I will never forget because I sat there and I cried like a baby as they processed out all of the Morehouse men that Oprah had been putting through school yeah. for years and nobody knew. And she sat there, she was crying, I was crying, cause the line just kept coming. Soon as you thought it was over, here come more black men in their burgundy um, blazers holding a, it was, I'm getting chills now just thinking mm -hmm. about the moment. Yep, yep, yep. And it was like, yo, all y'all who were taking, making, taking a hit, she was quietly doing this for black men. That was the day, like, you know what, Oprah, I don't really know what you believe in, but you all right with me. <laughs> like, that's between you and God. But this move right here, and you never came out to defend yourself. And nobody wouldn't have known that unless her team. And then I'm wondering, did she get mad at her team? Because <laughs> it's like, yo, y'all know I didn't want it, but y'all got me. It, for her to be able to see that. It sounds like she didn't know. when they Because I, now I remember the show. Right? It was the whole, girl, I followed that show. That was the one time I followed Oprah. It, yeah. was, it was the one time that her executive producer said, I need you to release the reins of the show and let me do what I want to do for you. So she didn't have no clue what was coming. She had no clue. And so to see those men's faces, to put a face to the checks she had been writing and people coming after her for years, it's like, yo, y'all, she, she should have shut all the haters down. Mm -hmm. They should have been backpelling on, you know what? If social media was around as strong as it was, they should have been like, you know what? I misjudge Oprah. Like, yo, she been, she been down for these black kids. Yep. So, all right, last one. Uh, we're going to go to, I'll go to John 21, 1 through 22. I'll take this one. Ironically, this is my favorite. Um. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. What had happened was, you see, several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples. Simon Peter just got frustrated and said, you know what? I'm, Jesus ain't saying nothing. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. So you know what? I'm just going to go do what I, I do. I'm going to go fishing. 
Well, we'll come too, they all said. So they went on out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Same thing as what happened the first time they encountered Jesus. And at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, y'all caught any fish? This ninja here, like who, who the heck is it? No, I ain't catch nothing, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some ninja. We tired. We've been out all night. Come on now. P Peter's fisherman ways ain't, come on now. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Peterman's fisherman ways hadn't been completely gone for him. I'm the Bible storyteller, but I'm still a black woman with black experiences. And when I'm caught off guard and don't know which way to go, the black woman experiences come up. So here this dude coming and telling them, they haven't been out all night, here this dude gonna tell them what to do. In this instant, he gonna tell them specifically where to go. So they did, they ain't got nothing to lose and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, John said to Peter, yo dude! <laughs> When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he didn't think nothing about it. Peter had jumped in the water and headed to shore. Get my Jesus. Get my Jesus. Get my Jesus. I still, I still am regretting that he saw me deny him. So this is maybe my only opportunity because he keep popping in and popping out. I don't know when I'm going to see him again. So I ain't missing this opportunity. I'm going to get to my Jesus because I need some one-on-one -on -one time with him because I got to share and tell him, Jesus, I'm sorry, but I promised you I ain't going to let you down. So I'm going to swim. I ain't going to worry about my boat. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the, the loaded net to the shore. For they were only about 100 yards from shore. Only? That's a football field. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Jesus is showing them how to serve. Again, they didn't even know he was coming. And not only do they grace him with his presence, Jesus always delivers. He over delivers. He knew that what they needed from him. But then he didn't just show up empty handed. He showed up to feed them. He knew this was the last time. They found breakfast waiting for them and fish cooking over charcoal fire and some bread. Fish and grits. <laughs> you know, bring, bring some of that, that red snapper you just caught, Jesus said. And Simon having had a moment already in Eden by himself with Jesus, so they could be good. Simon went on aboard and dragged the net to the shore and there were 153 large fish. And we saw that how um, Julia broke that thing down and showed us, showed us the prophets that was in here. Prophets as in P-R-O-F-I-T-S. The prophets that was in here. They got 153 fish, what they gonna do with it? They gonna sell it. Now, come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew. That's their boy. 
Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. And this was the third time Jesus had appeared to the disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Jesus always does stuff in threes. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon of John, do you love me more than these? And I talked about like, I'm not sure what the these are. Like, do you love this? Do you love this more than the fishing that you did? Because you went back to the fishing. So do you love me more than going back to what you knew? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know, I love you. Then feed my lambs. Love is an action word. Feed my people, Peter. 16, Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, I'm gonna call you by your government name. Mm-hmm. Do you love me? Yeah, Lord, I thought we were cool. I told you I regret what I did. Stop asking me this in front of these people. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. The third time you ask him, Simon, son of John, why you got to keep calling my whole name, Jesus? Do you love me? And then John writes, Peter was hurt. That Jesus asked the question a third time. He thought we they, they were cool, not realizing what Jesus was doing. He denied him three times, and now he's gonna ask him three times: Do you are you gonna walk in your new identity, Peter? Are you gonna walk, remember what I told you? This don't discount your, your call. Feed my sheep, dude. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you like. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God and Mm. Then Jesus told him, follow me. What was interesting is that that's what Jesus told Peter the first time. Mm-hmm. Follow me. Now he's buttoning it. Follow me. <laughs> but Peter being Peter. Peter being TJ. So my homeboy, I, I got to go out and do this. And I, I'm going to do it. It ain't like I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it. But um, what about him, Lord? <laughs> Jesus replied, yo, Peter, come on, dude. If I want to remain alive until I return, what is that for you? I'm going to say it again. As for you, worry about yourself. <laughs> You follow me. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what what is that to you? You follow me. So my last lesson is Jesus showed Peter how to love through redemption and mind your business. Worry about yourself. Worry about what I tell you to do. It's already enough for you to do what I told you to do. Why are you going to be worried about whatever everybody else telling you, I'm telling them to do? You barely able to keep what I'm telling you to do. So those are the lessons. And I'll say this. When you get a chance, as I was doing some studying today, Historians are actually saying that it wasn't John Mark. John Mark and Peter 
John Mark, meaning that's Mark, the book, the writer's name, his real, his full name was John Mark. It was saying that they are the ones that ride deep too, coming later. And that the way Mark is written, historians say it's actually Mark's dictation of what Peter wrote. Because Pete, remember, Peter wasn't a learned man. He was uneducated. So if you go back and read kind of Mark, it really is like you can see Peter in this because it's the shortest of the Gospels. It don't give us no details, really. It gets straight to the point. And I can see it, that it was dictated to Mark. And Peter's like, yo, can you write this for me? Because you know how I get with my spelling and my grammar. Um, you know, people going to be blowing me up on social media. They're going to discount what I actually said because they're going to be caught up in the grammar. You know, we got grammar police and whatnot. So I don't want none of that to happen. So can you do this for me? He was a ghostwriter. He was a ghostwriter. That's it. He was the ghostwriter. So when you get a chance, go read Mark from that perspective and think of it's actually Peter, Peter's account that Mark took it and made it beautiful and whatnot. So with that said, unless God tells me differently and he, you know, he can change the game. We're going to turn the corner tomorrow. I don't know what that means though. So we're going to, we're going to all see what that means. <laughs> so Y'all going to be surprised. I'm going to be surprised because I don't know what that means. But I feel like we've exhausted everything that God wanted me to exhaust with going through these gospels over and over and over again and really cementing. Um, and what I do know preliminarily is that there was a reason why he had us keep going back and rereading, looking at different angles because once we get to the other side of Peter, we're going to need to remember how this all went down. And because we've covered it three days of walking on water um, is pretty much cemented in our brains right now. So with that said, let's pray. Uh, uh, Yvette, Deborah or Audrey, will one of you pray, please? Okay. Lord, we just come right now thank you for everything that you've done for us. God, we just thank you for just letting us have these days together to be able to study your word and become a part of your word, to have an anoint and just anointing our minds and our and our ear gates to be able to hear what you're saying as well as to visualize what you're saying through your word. God, we thank you for TJ tonight. God, we thank you for just speaking to her to us that we are able to receive your word in a different format, God, and seeing things that we have not seen. And for most of us that have seen over the course of our lives, God, we just thank you right now for this gathering to be able to just study your word and be a part of your word. God, we just pray now for a special hand on our uh, everybody's life that are here on this call, that are connected to this call, God. Protect them, God. Give them strength, God. Let the anointing flow over them like never before, God. Let them receive something like never before. God, we pray now for a hedge of protection over everyone that is gathered here together. And God bless them, God, and anoint them. Let them be able to be the queens that they have been called to be. I'm sorry, the king, the queens and the kings that they have been called to be. God, we bless you. We honor you. We give you all the honor and the praise. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, let me look at some of the chats before we go. Uh, Melissa says, I wrote that down the other night, things in threes. I thought, so it is because of the Holy Trinity. Could be. 
Uh, Liz also says he invited them to the barbecue. Yep. <laughs> Lynn says, I just got hit by what you said, Tease. Do you love me more than going back to what you knew? The food, overeating. Wow. Wow. See it like that. That's good, Lynn. I have to say, yes, Lord, I love you more. That's good, Lynn. That's good. I'm glad we spent these two days letting you find your own nuggets than me necessarily kind of just handing them to you because um, they will they will land different and stay longer. So uh, ladies, Deborah, Yvette and Audrey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then don't forget. Uh, oh, y'all. So listen, remember I said I was going to do an unboxing tomorrow of my new glasses. So the company, they have never had a brand ambassador. And so they want to have a chat with me about being their very first brand ambassador. Awesome. So um, I'm probably not going to open all of them tomorrow. And there's a lot. And I'm just, just going to tell them myself. I'm just going to tell them myself. Y'all know I love glasses and my prescription hadn't changed in like 18 years. But I want to see, you know, how this can flush out because if I'm a brand ambassador, that means they're going to have to give my people discounts. And in my mind, I want um, commission so that it goes to my HBCU project because, you know, it's always going to boil down. Oh, on the baby. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. um, so I want before I show them mad love like that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, they you know, I like their, their product. I just have not tested it myself. So I'm not trying to be out there. Um, uh, repping a brand that I haven't tested myself, but I'm still going to do it. I'm just probably not going to open all of them uh, until we work those details out. So we're still going to do TJ after dark tomorrow. Uh, and I think that's it. So let's count it down. 10, nine. Was it something else I was supposed to tell y'all? Eight, seven. I don't think so. I'm excited about that. I never considered being a brand ambassador. Somebody, I was asking in a group, like, does anybody know about brand ambassadorships? And they were like, you start your own glasses line. I'm like, yo, I know that's coming, but can we start here? <laughs> like, can I, can I start here first? Um, but I love the fact, cause y'all around me, so y'all know Samsung is my jam. You're like, so I've always just been totally focused on Samsung, never considering that, I love glasses. I wear glasses every day. I buy tons of glasses. So of course, you know, I would be a great brand ambassador to rock somebody's brand. And who knows what I also was thinking is that um, I'll get them to have like a TJ collection, you know, the TJ, TJ's favorites. And there's more commission if you buy from that, because then it creates the campaign for the HBCUs. So, um, and if anybody has any suggestions, like uh, one of some, one of my tea lights slid in, God knows I should have slid in my inbox today to give me a whole new perspective of how this thing could be. So if you've got, you know, something that you think will help me with this, know that it's not coming. I'm doing it because I love it, you know, because I love glasses, but I'm also looking at how I can keep raising money for my HBCU babies. So, um, and it goes right along with something else God had told me to do about getting on TikTok. So it's kind of start all kind of emerging. So where was I? Six, five, four. I don't know. Huh? Yeah. Three. Two, one. I love y'all. I'll see you tomorrow for day 28. <laughs> Bye.
Bye. Well, that's it. Hopefully you enjoy what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make guys smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later.